0: And so, yeah, when we embarked upon it, we certainly were expectant. And we said, hey, we're going to give it our best shot, and we want to make this happen for our students.
1: Welcome to Mitten Money, delivering insights from Michigan-based business leaders, big and small. William Zank, host of Mitten Money at TriStar Trust, loves nothing more than creating this masterclass so that you can get insight to guide your leadership journey in just under 30 minutes. Subscribe today and connect with William at MittenMoney.com. What's going on, everyone? Thank you again for tuning into another great episode, Mid Money. Going all the way back to episode one with Jimmy Green and to this current episode today, I'm so happy to have all the listeners continuing to tune in, continuing to learn all these great little snippets of information. And this trend will hopefully continue through with today's episode. And so I'm so happy to be bringing us not only our first TV actor on the show appearing on a set of Nickelodeon in the early 1990s, but he is also the current Interim Executive Director for Valley Lutheran High School. And so this is none other than Kyle DeWeese of Sagaw, Michigan. And so I invited him on the podcast today. For those who may not know, Kyle was very much involved within Valley Lutheran High School's largest ever capital campaign in school history. Now, the school's almost been around for 50 years, but within this current capital campaign, they set out to raise about $10 million. However, over the course of five years, they actually not only met that goal, but they exceeded that goal by $2 million and reached out to almost 1,800 individual donors who donated to the cause. And so definitely something special to help learn out of the podcast. He brings a lot of enthusiasm to the episode and shares many of the great things that really helped them not only meet their goal, but exceeded their goal. And so welcome, Kyle, to Mid Money. So Kyle, in doing research for the podcast, I saw that in the past you're once on a Nickelodeon set at Universal Studios in the early 90s. Did the Kyle back then think that you'd end up in your current role with Valley Lutheran? Well, kudos to you
0: for your journalism skills to go back and find that. To answer your question, no, never would have thought that I would end up working at a high school, much less serving in the interim executive director role. But boy, those are fun memories. It was a blast to get to visit Nickelodeon.
1: And yes, I did get to climb the aggro crag. <laughs> well, that is special to know, and also the first actor to be on Mid Money. so kudos to yourself. And so over the last eight years, I know the topic of what we want to go talk about today is definitely this capital campaign that you guys embarked within Valley Lutheran. Definitely what I read online, the largest capital campaign in school history to raise over $10 million. And so one thing that really impressed me, Kyle, was that by the time it concluded, You guys raised over $12 million from 1,700, almost 1,800 donors, which is mind-blowing to go think about that. And so when this project was initially announced, did you think that it would ever reach that level of success? And when you think about from the beginning, from maybe 2014 and 15, before this capital campaign started, how do you even think about organizing something like this?
0: Yeah, it's neat to think back to how we felt before it started, what were some of our concerns, but also why we were excited. Before we began and when we embarked upon it, we absolutely were hopeful, and we thought that this was the right time and the right project, and we're doing it for the right reasons for our school. It was really to have an impact on our students and improve their learning spaces. And so, yeah, when we embarked upon it, we certainly were expectant. We said, hey, we're going to give it our best shot, and we want to make this happen for our students. But we also were completely realistic with ourselves, and we realized that we had never done anything to this scale, and we were acutely aware of just how significant this would be and the impact that this would have on our school. So nonetheless, we just kind of worked the plan and came up with a good plan and just diligently started doing that. We had fantastic volunteer leadership who stepped up. That was kind of step one. And then continued to just reach out to all those who know a Valley, who had experienced Valley, alumni, parents of alumni, current parents, future parents, As we progressed through over those five years, we just kind of stayed on pace, stayed focused. COVID was thrown in there towards the tail end. And so that kind of threw us all for a little bit of a loop. But again, at the end of the day, we were absolutely thrilled to be able to announce that we had met or exceeded all of our goals for the campaign. And throughout the entire campaign, the focus was the same, was improving the spaces for our students. And so now being three years into these spaces and being able to actually see the impact on our students and being able to see our teachers lean into their new spaces has been fantastic. And so we've been able to say, wow, this really was from beginning to end the right project at the right time. We're thrilled we were able to meet or exceed the goals. And then what we thought would happen is indeed happening.
1: Now, that's amazing to hear. And so I know for people like myself, I and some others in the community have a pretty good idea about your own role. But for those who may not know, what was your role within this capital campaign specifically? I know you did a lot with development, but was that very overarching? Was that very specific within certain sub-segments?
0: I started at Valley just a year and a half before we started this comprehensive campaign. And the leadership of the school at that time made it very clear. They said, we have this hope. We have this desire to get into this in fairly short order after you come on board. So they made that clear from the beginning that was a majority of what my responsibility was. I worked very closely with school leadership, not only our board, but our executive director at the time. So oversaw really all aspects of the campaign.
1: Now, that's amazing to hear. And so definitely with raising that much money and exceeding your goals by $2 million, I can definitely attest to the strength of the alumni base for the school. But I can imagine that for some people that may not have a specific tie or they may not keep up with their schools, maybe they're not as inclined to give or give back or even keep in touch with what's really going on with school. And so how do you keep alumni engaged so that they may continue their support into the future?
0: We are very fortunate to have an incredibly supportive alumni base. That is a true statement. And I can point to that in both anecdotal ways, but also very specific ways. And the campaign was certainly one of those. However, you've actually identified really an area of growth for us, a desired area of growth. We want to improve in that area. We'd like to do a better job of Engaging with our alumni, keeping them informed about what's going on at their alma mater, and providing opportunities to get engaged in the future. So, there's good stuff going. We feel like we can be doing a better job. And there are some things that you're going to be seeing in the future here where we're going to be making a concerted effort to reach out to our alumni. What's been really neat is our school is now old enough. We're 45 years old this year. And so, some of our earliest alumni are now able to have their own kids attending or planning to attend here in the future. And so that's kind of a neat time to be in. And so we're really trying to highlight that and say, wow, there's alumni who are sending their own kids and we'd love for you to do the same thing. And so that is a neat testament to really the continued strength of our school. We're very grateful that our alumni recognize the value of sending their kids here to Valley.
1: Double clicking on that idea just a little bit further. I can imagine Maybe some schools may want to go focus a little more on social media. Some may want to just go send out flyers or events. What things have you seen go over well, at least what you can share? I
0: think, actually, if I can relate back a little bit to some of the successes of the growing campaign, that five-year campaign that we ran, and then also mashing that up with the alumni relations, it's in-person relationship. It's talking to folks one-on-one, in-person when possible, and just really fostering that relationship. And so that I think is really got to be the backbone of any, not only fundraising effort, but also the opportunity when we ask our alumni to consider sending their kids here, it's done so one-on-one. Social media is great for kind of getting a lot of information out or kind of going surface level. Hey, that's great. Basketball is in the playoffs or they had a great fundraiser or animal club is doing something cool with animal control of Saginaw County, whatever it might be. But when we really dig into and really ask people to consider sending their kids here, that's really a one-on-one relationship. It's a one-on-one conversation because it's an investment, sending your kids here to Valley. And we fully recognize that when we have the opportunity to share why we think the value is worth it, that value proposition, we found that a lot of families recognize that and are willing to get on board. And so we do that with alumni. And it's fun to hear their stories, and they're able to identify ways that Valley has stayed the same and consistent throughout our 45-year history, but they're also able to identify ways in which we've grown and
1: how the school now is quite different than the school that they attended however many years ago. Of course, I can definitely see that. And I think what they can also possibly see too, as you're talking to these people now more than ever with the capital campaign being done now, Kyle, but recognizing and mentioning to people, hey, you know what? we just had this massive capital campaign, part of this growing campaign. And part of that was this $6.5 million addition that we had to the STEM program at school. And so I can imagine for a lot of people, STEM being a very booming career field and just a booming field in general for education. I can imagine it's probably a pretty big seller point for you guys. But from your perspective, why was that such an important thing to add on to the school? Great question.
0: You can definitely consider our addition to be a STEM addition, or really focused in STEM, because we added on a science hall with four new science lab. We added onto our arts wing with not only performing but visual arts. But really, I would say it was less of a STEM addition and more of an addition to the school that is allowing us to really engage into what a twenty first century education is, because it's not only the new spaces, but when we vacated old spaces and we've been able to expand a little bit or really just provide the space for all of our teachers, not just STEM, but in the other curricular areas also, our teachers needed more space to do the great work that was already happening. This addition was not necessarily a magic switch or by completing this, we weren't able to then magically do things. It was more like we were doing great things and we need more space to do that or in order to provide the best education for our students we needed more space. And so we're able to grow in that STEM area, but we're really pursuing what we believe is important as a 21st century education, which is really different than when you and I were in high school, Will. It looks very different. I don't know about you, but some of my common memories are sitting in rows and retaining as much information as possible and then trying to put it back out either in the form of a test or a presentation or something like that. And it's very different these days. And so if you were to come into really any one of our classes, not only STEM, but in English or foreign language or history or any of the arts, it's much more collaborative. There's problem solving components to much of education, creative thinking, and really some co-teaching happens a lot. So a student will maybe get the idea or get the concept and say, oh, I get it now. Here, let me show you. And then they then become the teacher in the
1: classroom. And so that is very different. and It's really cool to watch. Of course, I can definitely see that. And it's probably partially attributable just with the low class size. I saw online that the average class just has 21 students, which is a little mind-boggling to go think of the ratios that you're really have, the collaboration, the environment. What things are really going on in the background that can really enhance those different things with those mentoring opportunities or those co-teaching opportunities just with the low class size? Or maybe it's How the staff are brought to maybe teach a little bit differently with the value proposition that you brought with the high school? I mean, what kind of things are going on in the background there? Well,
0: certainly the class size allows you to really dig into education and provide an excellent learning environment for our students. So you're absolutely right. But then, Will, kudos to you again for recognizing that there's a lot of things that are kind of behind that. It's not just a number necessarily of what is the class ratio, it's how the teacher approaches teaching. You use the word mentorship. I love that. I think that is exactly how we would characterize how our teachers approach teaching. It's knowing our students as individuals. It's getting up every single day and being ready and willing to pour into and give their best in their particular subject field and the classes that they're teaching in order to pursue and to fulfill the mission of our school. And so, Class size allows you to really get to know students on an individual basis. And so we're able to read the body language and say, oh, they're struggling or wow, they just had an aha moment. And hey, I saw you just got that. Can you explain it to the rest of the class or whatever the particular situation might be? So the ratio, the class size is really great, but I give kudos to our teachers for being willing to do what they do on a daily basis, get to know our kids as individuals and really bring their best in the
1: classroom every single day. That's great. And so now transitioning this podcast over to our lightning round of questions. So Kyle, what would you say is your most important daily habit? I would have to say
0: approaching the day with, to use the phrase, an attitude of gratitude, just waking up and recognizing, hey, I get to do what I get to do. Reframing that makes every day a lot better. I could choose to focus on the things that maybe are not so fun or the things that are challenges, but the habit of having an attitude of gratitude makes all the difference.
1: Of course, I could definitely see that. What's your favorite TV show or streaming show that you're currently watching or have recently?
0: I am anxiously awaiting the start of season three of Ted Lasso. And so I have kind of cleared the decks in preparation for that. So I'm not actively watching any particular shows except just waiting for that. So very excited. Love that show. Maybe a little bit of a disclaimer, kind of a PG-13 for some of that British language. But I love that show. Excited for when that comes back
1: would have to agree with you on that. It's sad that it has to end after season three, but I think it only speaks volumes to the type of quality of show that they're willing to have and not just stretch it out, stretch it out. Oh, well, you know, we're on season 12. There's still some popularity out there.
0: (laughs) I totally agree. And they set up some great cliffhangers at the end of season two. I'm excited to see how that unfolds. I've gotten a hold of every single trailer I can possibly find on the internet, trying to get some sort of glimpse as to what happens. I'm really excited. Of course. And so... If you can be remembered for just one thing, Kyle, what would it be? I would say I would love to be remembered as somebody who brought joy and energy into everything that
1: he does. That's perfect. And so for those people who want to learn more about yourself, Kyle, or Valley Lutheran High School, what are some good resources for the listeners out there?
0: I would certainly direct folks to Valley's website, vlhs.com, if they'd like to learn a little bit more about our school and about our ministry and why we do what we do. You can also just pick up the phone and call us. We talked a lot about that personal relationship and that is core to who we are. And so if you've got questions about who we are and what we do,
1: or for me in particular, welcome you to just give us a call. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Mitten Money. Please don't forget to follow our podcast so you don't miss when new episodes drop. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you, Will. Have a great day. You've been listening to Mitten Money, sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the Tristar Trust team can guide your small business at tristartrust.com.